from iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. Today is episode 246, and we got a lot to talk about. But first, let me introduce one of my most favorite people in the world, my homie. Oh, that's right. (laughs) It's me. It's me. Not DDP, but the greatest prediction champ in history. I am the one and fortunately only South Philly psycho, D. O-M. What's good, What's good, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> What's good, man? Representing Top Rope Wrestling Talk, one of my favorite podcasts. Probably my favorite podcast. Every Friday, 8 o'clock Eastern. You know I'm always tuned in, but this is always an honor to have you on. Like, it, it never gets old, man. I appreciate you always coming on. Love coming on here. He really wanted me here because I still had some leftover plutonium from the last time we used the DeLorean. I was together, running low. So. <laughs> uh, you gotta save money in these trying times. <laughs> Most definitely. 
already in the chats. Shout out to my boy Dan from Cage My IQ. Have a good show, Dan. guys. Gotta love the Nero and Dom. Uh huh. We're like the dynamic duo over here. We love you too, man. We get you on to be 3D. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But first, before we get into the show, I want to give a big shout out to my sponsors at threefallsbrand.com. Best rock and wrestling merchandise on the planet. Let me show you what they do over at Three Falls. Three Falls Brand is a DIY merch company that provides original artwork on shirts, hats, stickers, and pins. Three Falls, WrestlePunk merch for the masses. Check us out at threefallsbrand.com and on Instagram at threefallsbrand. Most definitely check out threefallsbrand.com, not only for the best rock and wrestling merch on the planet, but also the Wrestling DeLorean podcast merchandise. So if you want to support, definitely check out Three Falls Brand. Shout out to the homie Brian Cook. Thanks for joining. Brian. Shout World out to Elite Podcast. What's up, guys? Have a good show. Hey, what's up, much. World Elite? Thank you. Appreciate that. Also, thanks to the Wrestling DeLorean passengers who made it happen We've been approved for another month of our sponsors at manscaped.com. So thank you so much for making it happen. Us men got to take care of ourselves. So make sure when you do, you go to manscaped.com and use the promo code DeLorean for 20% off site-wide. No matter what it is, it could be the most expensive item on the whole site or it would be the cheapest. I mean, shit, I know people who got 20% off on items that were only $2. So yeah. definitely check out manscaped.com. Don't end up like the psycho. I look like a Wookiee <laughs> underneath this shirt. Go to Manscaped. Use the code. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into Monday Night Raw. I, I enjoyed this episode of Monday Night Raw. Raw's been on fire. WWE's been on fire. I think it was great seeing Johnny Gargano back in the ring. I think it was great seeing Dominic in the main event with his new persona. And there's a lot of other great things, but I want to know what did you think of Monday Night Raw this week? Oh, man. Um, it was a damn good show. They do seem to fly by these days, which I like. Oh, yeah. I'm loving, I'm loving that we're about to get Lashley versus Seth Rollins. I'm loving Damage Control got their hands on the tag team titles. That that should have happened in yeah. the first place. I don't know what they were thinking on that on that first that first go around. It was like that SmackDown was kind of whacked that week, and all of a sudden it just played into that, and then Trips kind of... Vince had it in his contract. He had one more week, and then yeah. I guess that was the week. <laughs> he stopped taking text messages from Daddy, like, no, fuck you. <laughs> he blocked the number, threw the phone out. <laughs> threw the phone out, got a burner. He's good now. And, um, oh, my God, like, that main event, like, that shit felt so personal the whole way through. Yeah. Like, Edge just beating on, on this kid. Who, by the way, is back to dressing up like a child who's going for Halloween as Pentagon Jr. but forgot his mask. <laughs> but, but the whole time that he's beating on him, he's telling him, you wanted this, Dom. You wanted this shit. Like, like hey, it just, yeah. it felt almost real. Mm-hmm. And when he wrapped him in the ropes, I mean, what referee doesn't take a guy out ever? But this ref was smart because it, it, it felt real. And I think if he would have, Edge might have killed him too. <laughs> no, nah, I, I also, totally agree. I mean, the whole the whole show was just, it seemed like it was, I hate to say it, but it seemed like it was banger after banger after banger. And it was like, all right, I'm here for this. And I, and I do love Dom, like, kind of giving the old Eddie Guerrero chest slap thing. But he needs to stop. I don't know if this is rolling the dice to him, but that's not what it looks like on TV, bro. This PG, you need to stop doing this. Facts, and you know what? I'm not. I'm not hating the uh, Eddie Guerrero mullet either. Nah, 
No, it's a little more slick. I think he's got to add slick. some volume to that shit a little bit. Yeah, yeah, because it did look like a little a little thin there, but I mean, it needs to be a little bit more like like it needs to be a little bit more Latino heat and a little bit less goth dude, <laughs> <laughs> right? A little less uh, Peter Parker Spider Man three. Yes. <laughs> I'm not even going to take uh, responsibility for that one. I saw a meme earlier. I'm like, yes, that goth that's Peter Parker. That's, that's Dominic right now. <laughs> that's the one. And also he had uh, thugged out Finn Balor with the bandana on. Pretty curiosity <laughs> to see. I thought that was Ortiz for a minute. I was like, what the okay. fuck just happened? <laughs> Did he bolt after the whole punk thing? What the fuck is going on? And then I was like, oh, wait, that's Finn, isn't it? Holy shit. <laughs> Or, but something that really stood out on this Monday Night Raw for me was once again Kevin Owens with the promo of the night. I feel like it's yeah. a week in, week out thing. Kevin Owens right now is fire on the mic, and when he has the mic in his hands, I stop and I listen. I've been a Kevin Owens fan for a long time, and I feel like he's right now doing some of his best promo work because, like, gosh, sure. that promo with Austin Theory about wrestlers just you know night in, night out doing what they gotta do to fight for the fans and. That shit, you can feel that. You can feel the passion. And I feel like he's really like stating his claim for a future title shot. I think that right now he's really a guy who people could get behind. And I wouldn't be mad if I see him in Roman Reigns. I mean, if you want to be honest, they're just they're letting Kev be Kev. Yeah. And that those whole couple of segments, you had the the match with Gargano and Gable, which was fucking phenomenal. And then you go into Austin Theory Johnson. I'm glad he got his first name back because I was calling him that anyway. Yeah. Then you go to KO shows up, cuts that promo. They get in a fight, all knocked down, drag out. You know, every referee and security guard that's absolutely useless hits the ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was so it, it was so good. I am I am loving seeing Kevin Owens again, and I love the fact that he even admitted like, you know, I I was handpicked for that universal title, but that's where. All our similarities stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, yeah, definitely. I, I think that right now he's uh, – it's hard to deny that he's, in my opinion, like one of the most top guys who could take that title from Roman Reigns. I, I think that right now if you give the title to Kevin Owens, you're not messing up. I think that, that would be a pretty cool scenario, but I just don't see him winning. That, that, that's the sad part. I don't see Roman Reigns dropping that title until he's – in WrestleMania, probably against Man, Cody I don't or hear that. The Rock. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Like it, it's unfortunate because, like, right now, I feel like there's so many top guys who could run with the title. So even if, like, that—that's what I want to talk about. Would you be okay with Roman Reigns splitting the titles but still keeping one, and then having the title on Raw so some of these guys who are killing it on Raw could get an opportunity to run with the title and be the top guy on Monday nights? I would be okay with that. Like I saw, you know, people putting scenarios out there on social media that would make sense where they had like a a triple threat ladder match and, you know, one guy gets taken out and Roman and another competitor, let's say Seth Rollins, are racing up the ladder and they're grabbing at the belts. And, you know, as the third guy tries to get back in, he pushes the ladder down and one rips a single title off a piece and they hit the floor and the bell rings, and now it's like, wait, wait why did the bell ring? Well, because they grabbed the titles, so you got yeah. that one, you got that one. Like, I'd be okay with that, but I, I just, I am, okay, I know this is going to hurt some people's feelings out there, but I got to say it, because I'm me. <laughs> I am so sick 
and tired of Woman Wayne's. <laughs> shout out Nick. Right? Shout, also, out shout, Nick. shout out Kofi Wheatston, Dirty Hills Kofi, Podcast. My man. Appreciate I was just watching you. him on Twitch earlier today. We were we were kicking it a little bit. Yeah, that's the homie. We're gonna be working a lot soon. You're one of my but, favorite guys too, man. <laughs> most definitely. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be mad at that. Um Another situation I think that would be awesome is if you remember the matchup, I believe it was WrestleMania 2000, uh, the three-way match between Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho, and Chris Benoit, where I believe the IC title and the European title were both on the lines, but it was uh, two falls. The first mm-hmm. fall was for one title. The second fall was for the other was title. The, yeah. You could do, you could even do that. You could have you could it, do that too. a triple threat. Roman Reigns still wins a fall, so he carries on to, I guess, the universal title, keep that on SmackDown. And then have someone who's on Raw, Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley, Kevin Owens. Somebody. One of the, yeah, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> one of these guys I'm, win the title for uh, Monday Night Raw. I could be wrong, too, but I feel like... Good, Ivan. Hey, the boss Appreciate is here. You, What's up, family? El Jefe. Uh, Appreciate yeah, you. El Jefe of all right there. The boss Definitely. of all bosses. Uh, I, I feel as though they're going in the direction where they're going to take this case out of Austin Theory's hand. We're going to have like Otis part two where he's going to have to defend this briefcase against somebody, say Kevin Owens and, and lose because he, yeah. As, as Owens said in the promo, like, yeah, he was handpicked, but he was handpicked by the other guy. Yeah. The old man. Now Papa H is in the building and he doesn't seem to be feeling Austin theory very much. So Brian Cook is agreeing with you, by the way. Roman Reigns has lasted way too long. <laughs> Thank you, Brian. See, this, this is why he's this is why I made him an admin of my Facebook group. I'm not even I'm a break fourth wall. I, I love this man. We we are <laughs> and speaking of love. Ivan says, Love you guys, leave representing. Woo woo woo. Oh, you know we <laughs> love, love you too, too brother. Man. Like Damn I said in the life, my man. Right now, y'all are dealing with the impact players of the League of Extraordinary Podcast. Who are you? Are you Lance <laughs> or are you Justin? I'm kind of Justin. <laughs> I'll be Lance. You know, let's let's just Lance Storm and Justin Incredible because Lance and Justin could sound like in sync. You know, I mean, we we ain't talking. Yeah, Lance Storm and Justin Incredible, not that in sync. No, 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 yeah. opposite side. <laughs> right here, the the not bubblegum barbed wire. There's a vast uh, difference. <laughs> I'll be Lance. I'll be Lance if I could be serious for a moment. <laughs> So you're the more technical, polished guy, and I'm the guy that just wants to hit people with kendo sticks and pile drive them on on chairs and shit. (laughs) Ivan will be Jason. (laughs) I want to hold all the belts because I can't get any without it. That's what. That's the guy I want to (laughs) be. No, but most definitely though, I I I don't know. I I think that um, I, I want Austin Theory to cash in. I want Austin Theory to continue to like build that heat. I think that there needs to be a little, like, I guess, like, tweaks to the character. Overall, like, in ring, I think Austin Theory could hang. He, he's a yeah. good wrestler. Cut a good promo. I'm not feeling the whole selfie shit. I'm still thinking, you know, that's a copy off of the Tyler Breeze gimmick from NXT. So, I'm not feeling Pretty that. Much. That was a weak-ass, I guess, gimmick. You could they get took, rid of that. They took Tyler Breeze and OG Drew, and they mixed them in, like, a Petri dish, and they made Austin Theory's gimmick. Yeah. So... Have him be a little bit more of himself, you know. He he was a great wrestler and a good promo on NXT before he had mm-hmm. the whole selfie and all that. Like, go with that. Let him be. Well, I forgot his name. He was uh all day Austin Theory or some shit like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, like, he was... All the way back to, like, Evolve and shit, he was all day. (laughs) I mean, look at what he did with Evolve. Like, a lot of people don't even remember that he was, I believe, the longest-reigning Evolve World Heavyweight Champion and had a hell of a Mm -hmm. reign, had matches against guys like Adam Cole and Mm -hmm. guys like Velveteen Dream, even though there's a lot of controversy behind him right now. But still, great matches. If you remember Evolve, I believe it was Evolve uh, 200 or whatever the event that they had on live at the WWE Network for... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The same day as, like, AEW's pay-per-view or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. He was in the main event. Great matchup. He's a guy Mm -hmm. who could go. That's what I'm saying. I feel like, you know, maybe you tweak the character a little bit, but if you do go with him being a top heel, he could make it work. He could, he, could. he already is getting a lot of hate. So but if I he, think honestly though, if he cashes in, I want him to fail. I really, really? do. Cause I'm, Cause I'm looking at this dude and, and everything about his gimmick says, I fail at this. Mm. It, it, it feels like Baron Corbin. It feels like the guys who just got pushed at you, maybe a little too much too soon. And all yeah. of a sudden, Wah, 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 you know, <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear that, but I don't know. We'll see. I know. Um, I forgot if it was here on uh, the DeLorean or on Circle of Debate, but we were mentioning a scenario where maybe Roman Reigns goes against Cody at WrestleMania and Ooh. Cody wins at WrestleMania, gets the big moment, finally champion, and then Austin Theory cashes in. Okay, I'm gonna take us a little off the rails. The heat on that will be insane, and right there you will have a top heel built right there for you. Now they they added another member, so this doesn't exactly work. But with the rumors and everything, could you imagine if Cody comes back and somehow manages to bring the Bucks with him and gets a match against Roman Reigns? So like the Usos come out, the Bucks jump the ring. My man, take my money. <laughs> right? Yeah, for real. I, like, I no, I got that. family too, motherfucker. <laughs> and now even when you got Solo Sokoa on uh, SmackDown with the Bloodline, it would be awesome if you had Kenny, the Bucks, and Cody against the four members of the Bloodline bring War Games dope. up to the main roster. Bro. I mean, I'm not saying I want to see him leave AEW. I'm saying if, if, if that happens, it's a small chance to get yeah. the elite in WWE against the Bloodline, who have all the all the belts right now, even Solo won the North American Championship the other night. Yeah, that would be fucking incredible. Like yeah. I, I would. That's a match that I have only dreamt of because I never thought there was a possibility of it happening. But with Papa H in the building and now this stuff in the background and the rumors, now there's there's a slight chance. Most definitely. Brian Cook There's says, a crack in so, that door. <laughs> so basically, we're looking at the Elite versus the Bloodline. It's yes. a dream match for me. It's a yes. dream match for me. So I We're looking at that. the originals versus the copy. Okay? Because <laughs> the Elite were the ones before the ones were the ones. They just took it up after the Elite dropped it. I mean, I don't hear no lies. Go back. <laughs> Kenny had all the belts. Young Bucks had the tag team titles a year before the Bloodline formed. Fight me. That's, that's. <laughs> Beat me if you can. <laughs> Survive if Dom lets you. <laughs> but definitely, you know, you just mentioned uh, Solo Sokoa and NXT. Uh, I'm not going to get into all of NXT last night, but I'm sure you saw the the graphic and the reveal at the end of the show. Oh, What's I your thoughts on Michaels NXT? promo and everything. And yeah. I got to tell you, 
as soon as that neon pastel logo started changing and it went back towards black and gold and 2.0 disappeared, I went, yeah! <laughs> you ain't the only one. So Fly 2.0! <laughs> So Here's I. your 2.0 right here. <laughs> 2.0. <laughs> right and gold for life. <laughs> right there with you, man. I, I'm so excited. Triple H is just like going down the list and writing the wrongs that I guess yep. Vince and Kevin Dunn were making because, boy, like. You know what's funny, though? If you remember a few weeks ago, Shawn Michaels basically threw himself under a bus for for creating and and yeah. booking NXT 2.0. And then he's the guy giving the speech before Black and Gold comes back. It's like, um, Shawn, nice try, homie. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't believe be it when he said guy, it. Right? <laughs> I really didn't. No, nah, I didn't believe it when he said it. I certainly don't believe it now. <laughs> that, that bullshit of, oh, if Vince McMahon had the time to watch NXT. Well, it kind of seemed like he was watching NXT because he scrapped the whole fucking idea of what black and gold was. That's what he said. Like, oh, Vince and Bruce were too busy to do this. It was like, right. Okay. okay. Well, I guess when you're, you know, screwing paralegals, you don't have time. But <laughs> Hey, Bruce never did that. That was Johnny. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No paralegal would screw Bruce. There's a problem there. <laughs> What's up, Corny? Thank you for joining. Hey, What's happening? Ryan Cook says Triple H basically deep cleaning and fum- fumigating out the old Vince stink. It yeah, is hard to get much. senior citizen out of a couch. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did notice that they uh, kept the logo, I guess, gold and white. So it's not going to be the black and gold. I'm guessing they still keep it with the like the light ring and all that. I don't think they're gonna go fully back to black and gold and the black they ring and black the aesthetics. Backdrop, though. But <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm cool with the uh, I'm cool with dropping 2.0. I'm cool with getting some of that old spirit back because I don't know. Like the show is great. Like NXT 2.0 has been great the last couple weeks. It's just, hmm. in my opinion, it's hard to look at. Like it's it hard is. to watch. The shit hurts your eyes after a while. It it's does. too bright. It's too bright. People have been. For a year, people have been telling me, oh, you got to give 2.0 a chance. You got to give it a chance. You got to give it a chance. And I'm like, I try, man. And if the show doesn't suck, my eyes hurt half an hour in. Exactly. And I've been forcing myself to watch because it has gotten good with like NXT UK coming in and Worlds Collide. And now they're they're keeping those stars there and got number one contender match. This week and all that. Like, I'm loving it. But God damn if it doesn't hurt my eyes. No, that that's a fact. I know. Uh, what's it called? I started having to use my fucking glasses for NXT 2.0 because that shit started to burn, bro. I was like, yeah. "There's no other fucking wrestling show that I'm watching. And I have to fucking wear my goddamn glasses." Real it's talk. Like, I had to turn the brightness down on my television. I really did. And I don't man. sit that close, but I'm like, Jesus, ow, ow. So, so please go back to black and gold. It was Facts. better. It'll save my eyesight. I am a middle-aged man. I still have not needed glasses. I don't want them now, especially because of a wrestling show. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fucked up. You go your whole life without glasses, and then all of a sudden you need glasses because fucking NXT 2.0. <laughs> right. Well, your retinas have been burned, Mr. Psycho. Thanks, 2.0. Right. Shout out to my guy, Eddie Niggs, representing Lords of Gotham. What's good, my man? And he said, <laughs> oh. Huey said, was popping. So all three Huey, members, what's happening, L-O-G. homie? I Check almost thought he said, my brother Nero. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd come. <laughs> Yo, that, that's funny because ever since 
like the whole broken universe. I heard that so many fucking times, man. The the brother Nero shit. But <laughs> real talk, everybody check out Eddie Niggs on YouTube. Some of the best content you're gonna catch on YouTube. Check him out. Check out uh Huey Subscribe. on on Twitch at uh Cash This Fade on Twitch. Great. Subscribe streams, to that man. too. I don't care if it coughs. <laughs> <laughs> nah, definitely yeah. put some money in that man's pocket. He you deserves you're it. gonna get your money's worth. Word. Tim. Shout out my bit, man. Tim King was good. Solo He's winning North facts, American title, way. followed by Black and Gold was dope. Yeah, that was like a one-two punch. That was like a one-two punch. I agree with you, man. Even even Wade's called you like, wait, this isn't how the night was supposed to end. <laughs> <laughs> facts, right? But yeah, I mean, I'm cool with the whole direction right now of WWE. I'm excited for everything right now. NXT, Raw, SmackDown. Uh, NXT Europe when that shit pops off like right now I feel like everything is just going yeah, the in only, the right direction the only critique I'll have is I finally talked Bruce into watching Smackdown we sat down we watched it live that was the, the wrong episode to watch live fucking whack and he gave me so much shit for that <laughs> nah yeah, yeah, like, bro, yeah I, I don't know what the, happened uh, I really the don't or something live because that was the wrong show to watch live Vince McMahon slapped his fingers all over that shit he wasn't even into that. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, one good man. Okay. I was like, one? <laughs> I mean, I guess. Man, you're you being too hard on Papa H. You got to calm down, bro. <laughs> can't make them all believers, right? <laughs> but you know what? I, I'm sorry. I got to. No was, doubt, bro. Give me one second. You. I got to give a shout out because if you follow us on Facebook, today is National High Class Day. It is Bruce's birthday. So I got to hey! say happy birthday to my happy man, birthday, Bruce, our host. The founder of Top Rope Wrestling Talk, the one and only high class one, the biggest MJF mark you will ever fucking meet. <laughs> if it weren't for him, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. So I hope you're having a great day, bro. <laughs> Most definitely, man. Happy birthday. That's that's dope. All right. So I mean, every time you're on, we make it crystal clear that we are both big ass ECW marks, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So when call we us back, the impact players, duh. Exactly, right? <laughs> Justin and Lance, let's go. But when we come back from this commercial break, we're going to be talking all about ECW Hardcore TV from May 23rd and May 30th, 1998. We're on the road to Heat Wave 1998. A lot of big shit coming on its way. So I'm excited. Before we go to break, though, let's see what Eddie Nick says. Off topic, but do you fellas feel like Logan Paul will get a championship before it's all said and done? Did you see what he said on Twitter, by the way, Eddie? I didn't I think see it was what Twitter. He had said, it, I don't know if it was a, a social media post or if it was a question in an interview, but either way, Logan Paul had said, I think if I got a title shot against Roman, I'd win. Logan Paul, you're full of shit. Fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, that's how I was feeling a little bit. Yeah, but, no, but no, no, I mean, no. it's good to be confident, you know. <laughs> I guess here's the thing, like, yeah, is he talented? He tries to he tries yeah. to front on that like MC confident confidence type shit where he just thinks he, he's the top of all fucking mountains no matter what he does. Well, I mean he he's an influencer on YouTube. I mean that's that's what you gotta do. You gotta fucking uh you gotta I guess I'm not promote rolling yourself. the dice. <laughs> you gotta promote yourself, but all I know is like, yeah, he's full of shit, man. Like a lot of people, you know, a lot of people were, oh, my God, he had a great fucking match against The Miz. I didn't really see it like that. I mean, I he, yeah, did. he pulled out some talent. Like, he's talented. He pulled out some athletic spots, but he was rushing into everything. Like, he didn't mm. let nothing breathe. He just was going one move to the next, wasn't selling well, yeah, shit. It was, like, it was match two. 
You know, and right, it was his first but, ever singles match. Like he's gonna learn that less is more. But the talent I totally, is I there. totally understand that. But motherfuckers are jumping on to, oh my god, this guy could be the next big thing in WWE. Hold up, like yeah, I get you some on fucking that. time. You know what I mean? I agree there. But he feels the number he brings is worth the title. I mean, shit. I, I don't think so. I think that the rating didn't really significantly change when. Logan Paul was on Raw and SmackDown, so it's like this though. I know, I know Logan's an influencer and he brings in big numbers on YouTube and that type of shit. If WWE woke up with his numbers, they'd shut this shit down tomorrow. This is a scenario with him and WWE a big bank take little bank. <laughs> I mean, shit, yeah, but definitely. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not going to doubt that they won't give him a title, but. I don't eventually. know about world title, and yeah, eventually. Thank you, Eddie. Down the line. Well down the line. I try. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, so when we come back from this commercial break, we're going to be talking all about ECW. So stay tuned, everybody. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We just don't don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the man, the king, the god of this shit, Nick fucking Gage. And you know how I start this off. Shout out to all my MDK gang members around the world. Shout out to all my boys locked up in the cells. Eastern Block. Shout out to my hate club. Rest in peace, Big Day Hatred. And rest in peace, my brother Justice Payne. And I'm sending this video to my motherfucking boy. My gang member, Mike De Niro. And Mike, I want to start this off by saying thank you, man, for repping the MDK gang the right way. I want to say thank you, like I tell the rest of the people, and I keep telling them and telling them, Mike, if it wasn't for you or the rest of the gang, me, Nick Gage, I wouldn't be here right now, Mike, and I definitely wouldn't be doing what I love, that's professional deathmatch wrestling. So I just wanted to say thank you, Mike, and I want to let all my MDK gang members know to go check out the Wrestling Delarain podcast. I was on it. It was a dope-ass podcast. We had awesome conversation. It was one of my favorite podcasts I did. And I don't do too many. And I've done some big ones. And this one was one of my favorites. To go check out the Delarain podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. They do this shit three days a week. So from the king of this shit, from the god of deathmatch wrestling, go check out the Delarain podcast. And remember, they do it three times a week. They ain't slacking. They're on top of their game. They do it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you know what it is. It's MDK all fucking dead. And Mike, I would love to be on your podcast again, man. Hey there, this is the Queen of Extreme Francine. I am here today to let you know that you need to go and check out this very cool podcast that is happening right now. It's called the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. And it's on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Yes, three days a week. It's amazing. And on Wednesdays, Wednesdays are really special because Edwin Melendez, he reviews ECW Hardcore TV. And sometimes he even talks about yours truly. So you need to go and you need to look up this podcast. Again, it's called the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. And it's on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And please tell them that the Queen of Extreme Francine sent you. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. AC mm. <laughs> fucking W. <laughs> we about to get into that. Oh. All right, before I get copyrighted, ladies and gentlemen, like we do every Wednesday, we're going to be talking about the next two episodes of ECW Hardcore TV. We're on episode May 
from May 23rd, 1998. We're still off the, the heels off of WrestlePalooza in 1998, where Shane Douglas, who was an injured, injured wrestler, who came in with a broken shoulder and an injured elbow and a broken palate. Yeah, uh, he said he had infected sinuses. (laughs) Infected sinuses. I'm pretty sure he had a hangnail and an ingrown toe. (laughs) He he had it all, but he still went to the matchup against Al Snow and still walked out as your world champion. But this was something that made the man that Dom has on his shirt right now very, very fucking angry. As if Taz wasn't angry enough. Taz was pissed off because Taz is the guy who injured Shane Douglas, and Shane Douglas now has to take time off due to all these injuries. So Taz believes he should be the world heavyweight champion. If the world heavyweight champion cannot compete because of me, then why am I not the world champion? So on this episode of ECW Hardcore TV, live from the Madhouse of Extreme in Queens, New York, Shout out, Queens. Shout out the Mets. Anyway, from Queens, New York, the famous <laughs> Elks Lodge. <laughs> we start off with Taz, who comes out, and he self-proclaims himself the world champion with a self-made title, the title that we still see on AEW television today, the FTW Championship. I want to get on my shirt over here. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me what you think about this opening segment and Taz becoming the self-proclaimed world heavyweight champion of ECW. Oh my God. First and foremost, I got to bend the knee to the queen of extreme Francine, your grace. <laughs> and also thank you, Francine, for uh, correcting Nick Gage on how to say the proper name of the podcast. And, and again, <laughs> on, on, on behalf of every, uh, since I'm representing Philly and extreme, I have to apologize for Nick Gage. I don't know what he was thinking with Delarine. I called that motherfucker and told him to cut it again. He's just lazy. I apologize. <laughs> Shout out Nick but, Gage. But, it, it always makes me crack up when I hear him say the double range. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> you know. But as far as the first segment, oh my god! Like, let me go back before that, because because when you look at wrestling today, I know he deserved it, but everybody gave Cody his flowers for wrestling with that pec injury, and I know that pec injury was bad. Can we take a yeah. moment to acknowledge the franchise, as we said? He walked into a title match with about 18 different injuries. I wouldn't be surprised if he wasn't having, if he didn't have rickets and polio and the clap and and a few other things that we didn't know about. But he still put on a damn good match. He still did some stuff with Taz going forward where where Taz was working the shit out of that arm that he needed to get operated on. Mm -hmm. And then we get to this segment, and obviously Taz has already done all that. And he's been calling the franchise out. And then he comes out and he pulls out that title. And, you know, in the moment, I'm marking out. Because I, I, if you can't tell, I'm a Taz guy. Okay? <laughs> I, I, lo- I love that whole gimmick. Uh, not Tasmaniac. Move past that. I'm talking about bald <laughs> yeah. head, towel, rap knuckles, just throwing people around. When he, when he put the shoes out. back on, he, he, he was fired. Yes, once he got the boots back on, he was amazing. When he comes out and he pulls that title out and he says, I'm your real world champion. I was like, fucking right you are. <laughs> and then just think about it now. Cause like he, he debuts this championship in 1998. Now, 24 years later, his son is running around with this championship. Maybe not the exact same, but it's still the championship. Right? Yeah. And it was fucking great. I loved, 
I love Taz. I love Bam Bam coming out and saying, if you want to get to the franchise, you got to go through me. Uh, and the last time you did, I put you through a ring. I was like, oh. Legendary moment. <laughs> Living dangerously, 98. Legendary moment. Oh, that shit. Dem's that shit was fucking amazing. I, at that point, I'm amazed Taz didn't go after it. It was like, well, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> right? I love this opening segment, man. The whole pull apart with Atlas Security needing to come in and separate them. Really <laughs> and awesome. And one of like, the Atlas boys getting choked out. <laughs> yeah, man. Like right now, like Taz is just miserable. He's pissed off at the world. And How I think that that's, that's the best Taz. But uh, definitely legendary moment with him pulling out the FTW title, the original FTW title. I know, um, I believe it was a couple months later where he debuted the title that we see now yeah i think it was like summer yeah like august where he did where he debuted the one with the black strap yeah the one that uh, his son is currently holding there so yeah that's still to come but uh it looks like he has like the wwf winged winged eagle belt and he like spray painted it orange which looked pretty dope but still awesome to see but I'm all for another round of Bam Bam and Taz because these two together put on amazing matches. They're like the perfect foil to each other, and I'm really excited to see what's next for Taz versus Bam Bam, Taz and Shane Douglas, and shit, throwing Candido in there too because every time Taz mixes it up with the triple threat, always awesome. Yeah, I mean, goddamn, shout out to Bam Bam. That dude, he might have been the best big man ever. He gets no love, man. Like the shit that Bam Bam could do, he was probably Especially like three fifty times four. Yeah, and he's doing he moon salts. Four hundred and... pounds. He's doing moon salts, and he was so technical too. Like, yeah, the man was well rounded. And I know people always bring up Vader, but I'm like, no, nah, man, Bam Bam. <laughs> nah, yeah, Bam Bam over Vader. I, I mean, all respect to Vader, but I, I don't think Vader could pull off some of the stuff that Bam Bam was doing. And like you mm-hmm. said, well-rounded, because we just covered Wrestlepalooza 98, and Bam Bam had a brawl with New Jack, mm-hmm. and he could do that shit, too. He could do the ultra-violent brawling. He could do the wrestling. The guy, think about, like, the range of matches. He could toss little guys into the crowd. It was great. Right? Think about the range of matches that this man had. Main eventing WrestleMania with um, Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor, yeah. Having, having a classic with Rob Van Dam a couple weeks ago for the TV title. Mm-hmm. Having a classic with Taz at Living Dangerously and their matchup that they're about to have at Heat Wave 98. Like, the man then goes, he, he was in the ring at times with Hulk Hogan. He was in the ring with Sabu. He's in the ring with so many legends and always held his own, could always adapt to different styles of wrestling. Yeah, he, I mean, just for the, sure, one of the, the best LT big thing, like, as big a name as Lawrence Taylor was at the time, to yeah. put him in the ring with Bam Bam said, spoke volumes because yeah. you have to have somebody that you can you can trust to not only carry the match but protect the big name mm-hmm. and if that guy is bam bam then i don't know how he ever left wwe let alone didn't end up holding that golden eagle for real man like i, I don't think that bam bam ever got love in the wwe i mean Never. think about fucking not wrestlemania really. 10 WrestleMania 10, he's in a tag match with Luna versus Doink and Dink. Like, mm-hmm. Bam Bam Bigelow. You know what I mean? And I know there was a and lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> and I was hearing um, some podcast. I think it was, it might have been Bruce Pritchard's podcast where he was talking about WrestleMania 10. And he said how the WWF at the time was suffering from a lack of star power. 
but look at the stars that you have and look how you're fucking treating them. Yeah. You have Bam Bam in there with fucking Doink and Dink. Bam Bam Bigler, one of the greatest big men of all time. Like, that's wild to me. I don't know. Like, I feel like ECW was the perfect home for Bam Bam Bigelow because that's where you saw his full potential. And on top of that, if you're not familiar with his shit in New Japan Pro Wrestling, Bam Bam Bigelow was a monster in New Japan Pro Wrestling. One of the best. Absolutely. Yeah, one of the best monster guy gins because especially in the 90s, you had a lot of big men come through to New Japan and they were known as the monster guy gins. And he had a team with um it was him and vader mm-hmm. and they had some classic tag matches oh, vader yeah. and bam bam put on a classic with the steiner brothers which for the iwgp tag team champion i believe it was the first time that two teams that were from america faced off for those titles insane mm-hmm. like if you haven't seen that matchup people go out of your way and go yeah. see bam, I mean, bam and vader versus the steiners I, I don't know if it's an exact i don't think it's an exaggeration so i'm just going to say it Bam Bam and Vader made the Brothers of Destruction look like pretty deadly. <laughs> Imagine that matchup, though. Bam Bam and Vader versus oh. Brothers of Destruction. That's a fucking oh. match. But, yeah, you want to talk I'm about... Get on 2K oh. and I'm going to simulate that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I might do that, too. Shit. But this leads us to the first matchup of the night. We have Just Incredible versus Jerry Lynn, which was a very good matchup. These two are going to embark on a long feud here in ECW. And if you guys remember, uh, Just Incredible's debut matchup in ECW was against Jerry Lynn, who was still mm-hmm. jobbing at the time in ECW. So really cool to see it come full circle a couple months later with Jerry Lynn getting the victory here against Just Incredible. But what did you think about this matchup? Man, it, I mean, it was great. It was incredible. I, pun intended. <laughs> like another guy, Jerry, Jerry Lynn, who was – just undervalued every fucking where he get, he nice. went, and Paul and ECW started to kind of see like, oh, we've got this guy. We've got to see we, we've got to see him against like top talent. We got to see if he can get over. And I think that's what one of the main points to this match was. Yeah, you know, these guys are both kind of new. We've pushed Justin a little bit already. We haven't really done much with Jerry. What happens if we give him the win? Will the crowd? Will the crowd accept it? Will they just boo the shit out of him? Will they say he still sucks? The whole nut, because that would happen in ECW. Yeah. And he went out there, and he and Justin tore the house down. And I loved, because you didn't see it much. You do now, especially with Okada. But you didn't see much how, you know, Justin goes for that's incredible. He's got him up in the tombstone. And Jerry kind of cartwheels out of it, picks him up, and spikes him for the win. I'm like, Oh, the shade, man. <laughs> and the That's... crowd fucking loved it. And I think that was like the start of Paul thinking like, we've got something here leading to, I know, I'm spoiling it for people that don't know, the new fucking show and what was to come down the line. Yeah. You know, a lot of people, when they think of Jerry Lynn in ECW, they always go to that feud with Rob Van Dam. And of course, it was an amazing feud. But this feud was just incredible, like where they they just trade victories back and forth for the rest of the summer. It's very underrated. It's one of the top feuds in ECW as like a work rate wise, because these two I mean, were honestly, amazing against each other. Oh, sorry. Honestly, it kind of made both of them. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. 
From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, because they were both a little new to ECW at this point. Yes, Justin had gotten a little bit more over at the time than Jerry Lynn, but as they went back and forth, both their popularities increased, and Paul saw money in each one of them. Yeah, and it's hard not to see money in them. Like, if you Hmm. watch this matchup, gosh, you have two guys who – and it's not just this matchup. Like, we've been talking about it week in and week out. Just incredible Mm -hmm. at this time is such a great fucking wrestler. And can make the people just truly despise him. Like he's always had, a great fucking wrestler. Yeah, it's just Vince made him Aldo Montoya. Let's be real. God, man, with the jock strap on his fucking face. Oh, it's, oh, oh, horrible. Shout out to PJ, by the way, if you're out there. What this dude? <laughs> I know, I know, he was already on a uh, circle of debate, but I would love to have him on this show because there's a lot that we got to talk about. You know, I mentioned a couple weeks ago. <laughs> My mom almost got into a fight with just incredible. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, so I was at an indie show in I believe like 2012 or 2013 around there, and it was a show that opened up for Evolve. So they had like a pre-show to Evolve, and right. I believe the company ironically was actually called FTW Wrestling in in New York, but it was like Fight the World Wrestling, and Just Incredible was in the main event against the Grim Reefer, and. Just Incredible comes out, he has a water bottle, and he spits it into the crowd. Now, me and my mom are front row, and a lot of that spit landed on my mother. <laughs> and she doesn't Ooh. really come to much wrestling shows, but I, like, talked her yeah, into coming is. with me. So, as fans were, like, getting showered in his fucking spit, everybody was like, yeah, my mom didn't find it too amusing. She, she thought it was very disrespectful, and she was like, yo, what the fuck? And I'm like, mom, mom, relax. Relax. And she was like, no, fuck that. He just fucking spit on me. I was like, mom, relax. Luckily, it was water and not the fucking Sandman spitting beer on her. Because I think she well, was yeah. just the guardrail for sure. But yeah, you know, and Sabu I'm not going to lie. Sabu got blood on my mom one time. And I thought she was going <laughs> to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> we got similar stories. But I'll tell you this right now. Not going to lie. Hey, all due respect to Justin Credible. But if he's in there with my mom, I think my mom's going to pull that one out. <laughs> yeah, same mine. Just... just- <laughs> Five foot nothing Italian woman that could beat grown men's ass. Like Sabu don't stand a chance. Fuck that. <laughs> you may think you're you're genocidal and homicidal, but you ain't met Mama Psycho. <laughs> if you fight Mama Psycho, you'll definitely be suicidal for sure. Yeah, yeah. You'll be well, suicidal, petrified. <laughs> I mean, that's the perfect Victim segue. Of homicide. <laughs> perfect segue, because next up on the show, we have Sabu, the genocidal, suicidal, homicidal maniac. And he's going up against Danny Doring, who is fresh on the ECW roster at this point. 
fresh out of the House of Hardcore training school mm-hmm. that ECW had. This was a pretty good matchup. Sabu just absolutely destroyed Danny Doring, though. And I thought that was really cool that Sabu got a lot of his cool spots in, you know, the triple jump to the rope to the outside onto uh, the table. He hit the elbow drop on Danny Doring. Sabu at this time was just in his prime, man. Like, who, who was better than Sabu? Like, I remember as a kid, like, wanting to see Sabu come to other companies just because I had so many dream matches for Sabu as a kid. <laughs> I was trying to do the whole chair triple jump to the rope, you know, type shit when I was when I was t- a teenager because of Sabu, like that that <laughs> motherfucker. Jesus Christ, that is not easy to do. By the way, no, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. Sabu makes it look a little bit easy. It ain't. This is why I had such a problem weeks ago when when I think it was Ted when we were all on together brought up. Are are we more into? Modern wrestling and flippy shit or traditional wrestling. And I'm like, if you, when you say flippy shit, do you include Sabu? Because that man was doing flippy shit. Do you, do you include another ECW alumni like Too Cold Scorpio? Because that motherfucker was doing it before yeah. ECW. I don't yeah. know how you differentiate when you had guys doing it all along. I'm think, not knocking yeah. flippy shit. I'm saying it's all wrestling. It's been there. Maybe nah, people 100%. have taken it to uh, to new heights or evolved it or or maybe they've oversaturated with it, but it's the same shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree. I think that you know there there's some matches that were victim to people just doing flippy shit just for the sake of doing flippy shit. But then like there's there's still to this day guys who were like Sabu and Too Cold Scorpio and Van Dam who pulled it out in the right moments in the match and it made sense. Where I think that that's the best way you could do like the high flying flippy stuff because I have no problem with that at all. I, I still mark out for a lot of the crazy no, shit. That there are so many. But just people, when you make it make sense. There are so many people who want to like divide wrestling. Like, oh, it's modern and it's traditional, or it's sports entertainment and it's wrestling. wrestling, is wrestling. No, it's all wrestling. Enjoy that shit. Mm-hmm. And, and I can't even say to say enjoy that shit or shut the fuck up already because it's all the same. It's a different like degree it, of the same thing. If everybody had the same style, it'd be boring. You know, yeah. for years before WWE and NXT uh, black and gold, there was the whole notion of WWE having its own style and people having to wrestle the WWE style. And if you ask the average person who watched other promotions like Ring of Honor and TNA, the X Division and shit like that, when you get asked what's your thoughts on the WWE style, they say it's boring. Because it's basically everybody doing the same style. So I think you need Pretty people much. to have different styles. You need to have your high flyers. You need to have your yeah. bodybuilders. You need to have your brawlers. You need well, to have just, your technical it's all, wrestlers. It's all in the same family. It's like saying a mild wing or a garlic parmesan wing is not a chicken wing. It is. Just because yeah, exactly. it ain't hot don't mean it ain't the same thing. It's still a fucking chicken wing. All exactly. this wrestling is just that. Wrestling. Stop trying to divide it because all you're doing is tear wrestling fans up. Exactly. You know, I feel like that's, you know, a whole nother discussion because it's not just wrestling. I feel like humans find any way to divide people. I didn't have a ton to say about this match. I mean, Sabu looked great. He was really not. He got squashed. He would eventually come up and get an Amish guy and become some some kind of big deal in ECW. And it seemed like after ECW, he got buff, which was weird. But I didn't really have a whole lot to say for this match. Sabu killed him. (laughs) It, It was pretty bad for Danny Doring pretty bad but next up on the show we have via satellite shane douglas who cuts a promo saying no matter what 
no matter how injured he is, he will be at the ECW arena next week. And he's going to prove all his critics wrong. Um, he also talks shit about the NWO and saying how they say it's for life. And he says how in the triple threat, you don't have for life. We, you know, we maximize every moment that we're on TV. Yeah, we, we have moment moment, to moment in this. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Like Shane Douglas was notorious for his whole career, like calling out other promotions and other wrestlers, Dick Flair, always that was a famous one so I, I i always loved that shane douglas was the type of guy to not give a fucking honestly I mean, can we shane douglas flat out shane douglas was cm punk before cm punk this man dropped pipe bombs every week he said this he said the wildest shit he cut the craziest promos he made your jaw drop with the shit he was doing and he didn't care People do not even put Shane Douglas in the conversation for top promos in business. I think that's fucking horrible because Shane Douglas's promos are believable. And yeah, he has that, you know, that danger factor where you don't know what he's going to say about anybody. This promotion, that promotion, it doesn't matter. You don't know if he's going to drop a fucking title and like just discredit that title like he did with the NWA title and made himself the self-proclaimed ECW title. Like that's, that's the type of promo that Shane Douglas was. I mean, and I feel like people don't mention him, but a lot of people copy him, you know? Like, I don't I don't know about anywhere else, but I know right here in ECW, the franchise was not a gimmick. No. In this, it was real deal. It was shoot. Because Shane put this company on his back from the day he dropped that title and he cut that promo. And all these years later, he is walking around, like literally the walking wounded still carrying the company on his back. Yeah. I will I give totally all do. the love and all the respect to Shane. Even if people think he's kind of a dick, even if he's from Pittsburgh, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> because without yeah. the franchise, without this, there is no ECW. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't agree more. I feel like a lot of people like to talk about Tommy Dreamer being the hardest soul in EC, of ECW, and it's hard to deny that. He, he definitely is, but it's also hard to deny that Shane Douglas wasn't the heart and soul. So when Shane Douglas was yeah. no longer with the company, there was a huge piece you know missing, I feel. It's like in, in AEW terms, Tommy Dreamer was a pillar, but the foundation was the franchise. Mm. Every Everything was built on what he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like Tommy came later. Raven came later. Taz came later. But it all started right here with Shane Douglas. I feel like Shane Douglas is like Cody Rhodes because when – Shane Douglas left DCW, it was not the same company. Just like I feel like when Cody left AEW, yeah, AEW is still great, but definitely not the same company. So, like, that's a great comparison to compare uh, AEW and ECW because pretty much the same situation here. You're not wrong. (laughs) And also, like I said, so many people, like, there's a lot of people who won't even put Shane Douglas in the conversation for promos, but a lot of people imitate him. Fucking early, check out the early stages of Triple H as the game. He was wearing the fucking backwards Kango and acting like the franchise. Mm-hmm. Even up until MJF cutting that promo before he took his hiatus, a lot of the mannerisms and the cursing and the fucking just going crazy, that was Shane Douglas. That was Shane Douglas. People were saying, oh, he, oh, he's being Ric Flair. No, fuck Ric Flair. That was fucking Shane Douglas. I never saw Ric Flair act like you know that. What? You know what? Because there are people out there, and they have been. This is pre-Twitter, y'all. I've been around, so I know. There are always people who love the one promotion 
and don't and, and poo poo the other one. Like they love WWE, but the little ones like ECW, AEW, they don't rate. So they'll say stuff like Triple H when he had the Kango and everything, like that was him just being him, or or that the bloodline is original or whatever the fuck. Yeah. It isn't. It isn't. It's not even close. It was done exactly. before, and it might have been done better. That's that's debatable. But regardless of what, if you go back and you look at these things that took place in history, like we're doing now, you have no cho- choice but to acknowledge the fact that Shane Douglas is one of the most imitated men in pro wrestling, at least modern day. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, shit, like not to get too deep into the conversation with Triple H, but I even brought up when we did the top five Triple H moments on uh, uh, the circle of debate, I was saying that even down to the verbiage of the promos, because there was a promo where Shane Douglas was no longer champion in ECW. He had the backwards Kango leather hat. Mm-hmm. And he says, I want that title back because it's my belt. It's my belt. It's my belt. And he kept on saying that. And then if you go watch Triple H as the game, there's a promo where he's saying, it's same my title. It's my, it's title. my title. It's my title. Doing the same shit. I don't want to hear it. He vanilla iced it. That itty bitty change. Exactly. <laughs> So that's what I'm saying. I don't want to hear that shit because people got to put some respect on Shane Douglas's name. Too Absolutely. many people hating on him. Top five in promos, at least. Hell yeah. All time. Next up on the show, we have another quick squash match. It's more of a highlight of the match, but we got Chris Candido versus Jamie Dundee. Candido makes quick work of uh, Jamie Dundee, who I don't Jamie know what Dundee. the fuck he's doing. That's all you got. Jamie Dundee was one half of a tag team called PG-13, PG-13. which was like too cool without the street cred, if you can yeah. believe that. Shout out to Wolfie D, though. <laughs> yeah, Wolfie was I, right. But like, they I were like just... I like his shit in so... TNA as uh, Slash. Like, he, he was pretty good I, in TNA. I enjoyed that. I, yeah. I definitely enjoyed that. But like, God, these guys were so fucking goofy. <laughs> yeah. Especially, uh, they, if you remember when they were they the made too cool. They made too cool. Oh yeah, that too. But they made too yeah. cool at this point look like the gangsters in comparison. Yeah. Like they were so fucking goofy and they got a little bit more legit in the nation, but like not by much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. Jamie Dundee tried to do some, uh, it looked like Mark Briscoe doing redneck Kung Fu, but it wasn't enough to stop. I don't know what that was. No gimmicks needed. Chris Candido no. because Candido's, Another guy, so underrated, so fucking underrated. amazing wrestler, but Candido gets the easy victory here. And then in the main event, we have Rob Van Dam defending his ECW television title against Mikey Whipwreck, former Triple Crown winner of all the titles in ECW. The very first Triple Crown winner. Yeah. And is he the only? I'm trying to think. I, I, he might be the only. Um... Unless, did Shane Douglas ever win the tag titles? Because I know he was TV champion, he was world champion. I don't know if Shane Douglas won the tag titles, but that's the only other guy. Remember I if, I'm trying to remember if Taz won the tag team titles, because I know he won he every other belt. He did. Taz won the tag titles with Sabu. So, so it was Mikey first, and then I think it was Taz. I, I, think, I think Taz was... No, Shane was. Shane might have been next. No, Taz was. Taz, yeah, and Taz then won Shane... The 
Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeart Radio app or wherever you get your podcasts with some version of the triple threat became tag team champions. I think it was him and Candido, if I'm remembering correctly, but that's just off the top of my head. Yeah. But I think no, they were, right they were the 10, only, so. they were like, and eventually Raven. That's when right. he came back and he, and, and he beat the Dudleys who were leaving with Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, no, that, that's right. So there was a couple, but the first, but the Mikey first Lefrec, was yeah. Mikey. I don't know why I blanked. I thought Mikey might have been the only, but now that yeah, Taz was definitely Raven was definitely, and I think Shane Douglas was a tag team champion. Was. I think if it was him and Bam Bam, if I'm not mistaken. It might have been him and Bam Bam. It was one of the guys yeah. from the Triple Threat, and I'll be damned if I can remember which one right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, during this matchup, Sabu interferes. Now, you know, if you guys listened to the podcast from a couple weeks ago when we talked about Russell Palooza in 1998. Sabu and Van Dam, they've been feuding back and forth. They went to a 30-minute time limit draw for the ECW Television Champion. So that feud is still alive and well, and Sabu is interfering. Oh, God. And then you got uh, Bill Alfonso in the middle of it trying to be- play Peacemaker all the time. But, yeah, so Sabu interferes in this matchup. He attacks uh, Mikey Whipwreck in a way to, I guess, say, whatever you could do, I could do better. And then they get into a brawl. Chris Candido and Lance Storm, who's currently the tag team champions who can't get along, they join because it is announced that next week it will be Candido and Sabu versus Van Dam and Lance Storm. We have a massive pull apart. The locker room empties, trying to get everyone separated. So that's how we go off the air. I love how the show started with a pull apart with Taz and Bam Bam and then ends with a bigger pull apart between all four guys. Definitely a great episode, though. That's, that's That's just an example of ECW television, though. Facts. Wild, like, this wild shit was crazy. This shit was crazy every fucking week. You tuned in every week because you didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, you really didn't. Like, I, I, I tend to forget that my wife basically started watching wrestling in like the year two thousand. Okay, and so a lot of this stuff she hadn't seen. And even before my son was eleven, I used to let him watch hardcore TV with me. I was like, "Oh no, you need to see this!" Like, so. Yeah. When I went back to watch these episodes, I watched it with the entire Psycho Clan. And we get to the end of this mat, we get to the end of this show, and everybody's like getting pulled apart. This whole thing is breaking down. My wife is sitting there sounding like Joey fucking Styles because she's never seen it. As it's popping off, she's like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And my son's bouncing up and down going, ECW. Oh man, I love that. I'm trying to get my son to be the same way. He's still 10 months old, so there's a yeah, lot of time. Give him a but minute. when I was watching these episodes, he was right in the pack and play right beside me watching it too. And he looked mesmerized a couple times. He was just looking at it too, like, 
<laughs> so uh, one, once my son got to kindergarten, I was like, yeah, you can watch ECW. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shit, I grew up okay. My dad had me staying up on school nights watching ECW. So <laughs> he said, as long as I don't give him a problem waking me up for school the next morning, you can watch it. It's just so, parenting done right, folks. I don't exactly, know what to tell you. <laughs> exactly. If your kid is being disobedient, have them watch ECW. You'll turn their whole life around. <laughs> Especially if you look at them and go, you keep fucking around, this going to happen to you. <laughs> <laughs> See that cheese grater? That's your future. <laughs> Definitely a good episode of uh, ECW. Oh, um, it was damn good. Brian Cook, ECW. 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 So we're going to go on to a week later, because that's what we do here. We, we I honestly started with... Um, Watching one week per episode, kind of like how I do the Raw and Nitro, but I'm like, yeah. I can't just watch one of these shits. Like, it's hard not to fucking binge and go on to the next episode. I and know I you like, were trying to get me to watch three. I was like, hold up, homie. <laughs> hey, if you, if you would have said yes, I would have tried to shoot for four. I had to go back and, and finish <laughs> Raw. I had watched like an hour of it, and then they did the whole, you know, technical difficulties thing, and I switched to football, and I never went back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean... Or I probably would have said, let's do three. Fuck it. No, but definitely, man. We'll we'll definitely do a whole marathon of ECW Hardcore TV for an episode for sure. (laughs) Stay tuned for the 24-hour watch along of ECW Hardcore TV. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be awesome. Pause this shit. I got to get some coffee. (laughs) (laughs) But a week later, ECW Hardcore TV from May 30th, 1998. We are live in the ECW arena, the world-famous arena in South Philadelphia, home of the South Philly psycho himself. D-O-M. And you knew, like, (laughs) ECW Hardcore TV was always fun, but you knew whenever they were in the ECW arena, it was a different atmosphere. It was a different show. Like, and I'm from New York, right? I loved the New York shows. I I loved the... Yeah, I loved the Madhouse of Extreme, the uh, Elks Lodge. Um... Which, by like the way, Hammerstein was the truth, too. <laughs> yeah, I've been to so many events in the Hammerstein, not just for ECW, but also for like Ring of Honor and other promotions. And I love the yeah. Hammerstein shows. So, like later on, the 2000s era of ECW, when they were going to the Hammerstein, great shows, packed the house, big venues. But still, even in those days, I still feel like oh, there was man, a different yeah. atmosphere in the arena. Nothing. The arena was different. Nothing beat Rittner and Swanson, man. Jesus. Sacred Christ. <laughs> yeah, I remember I. I like I said, I mentioned it before. I've been to many shows as a kid in Madison Square Garden, but when I was taken to the ECW arena, I felt like I was in the mecca of wrestling, honestly. And that's saying a lot when I'm from New York City. But and even though like you would see like the New York shows, they would chant "fuck Philly," and on the Philly shows, they would chant "fuck New York." Fuck New York. <laughs> as a New York kid, I still thought Philly had the better crowd. I ain't gonna lie. Because <laughs> we did. I mean. <laughs> We were smaller and louder. <laughs> yeah. Trying to watch ECW shows on on old Zenith TV with really shitty reception. Yeah, I used to get it on the MSG network. It would I come on at my, like fucking two o'clock in the morning, but I'd still watch. I, it. There were times where I used to have my niece holding the rabbit ears in the right position so I could get a good signal. I was like, "Come on, turn to the left, turn to the left. There, yeah, stop, stop, don't move." Those days, be like, Uncle, she was living with us at a point. She'd be like, Uncle Dom, I want to go to bed. I got school in the morning. I'm like, don't fucking move. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
like those are those were also the days where you know hope I don't incriminate myself now, but we used to steal pay per views with the black box. Do you remember how you would you know shoot oh, yeah. that shit in the back and mm-hmm. you get the free pay per view? Yeah. You get the the straight up D scrambler box and take your cable shit out and put the exactly. other exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I remember when uh, we switched over to Time Warner Time Warner Cable and they changed the whole boxes around. I was fucking pissed, but Me too. anyway. Me too. May 30th, 1998, live from ECW Arena. We are welcome to the show by Joey Styles, which usually happens on every hardcore TV. But this time, Joey Styles brings out the ECW world champion, the very injured, the franchise, Shane Douglas. And he's out here with the triple threat. They're talking about beating out Snow despite him being severely injured. And then we get interrupted by, surprise, surprise, Taz. And Taz, once again, he he's... He's not as miserable on this at this moment, right? Taz no, comes no, down with his moment. comes down with his uh, new FTW title. He says that he's not here to fight. He just wants to have a conversation with the franchise. Talk, first of all, the guy who huckled him and said that he sucks, and then Taz oh. turns around and said, "Your mother taught me how, motherfucker." Mm-hmm. Crazy, crazy. That's Why don't ECW you shut for the you. fuck up and let the man that's drawing money speak. <laughs> I was like, God damn, that's ECW for you. That's ECW. <laughs> But anyway, Taz, Taz tells Shane Douglas that he earned his respect by wrestling at Wrestlepalooza, very injured. He says that he's here to help him. He, he said that he knows that the Shane Douglas is not 100%, and then Taz removes his tracksuit, and he's wearing a triple threat T-shirt. Oh, my God. This was insane because Taz has been feuding with the triple threat as long as the triple threat being the triple threat. So this has been – like, imagine this would be like if Bret Hart – wore a DX shirt. So, insane moment. You have Taz telling Shane Douglas, basically, I am here to have your back, and I will have your back until you come back from surgery, mm-hmm. but you got to give me the first title shot for that World Heavyweight Champion. Brian Cook says, P.S., there was an ECW episode I saw on Sports Channel Chicago with RVD versus Mikey Whipwreck and Chris Candido and Spike Dudley with the franchise and Rick Rude and Pittsburgh's Golden Dome. Actually, we did cover that episode. I remember I, that episode. I believe, I want to say about like four months ago, we covered that episode at the Golden Dome. Definitely a good episode. That was in 97, Definitely. I believe. But yeah. uh, yeah, so Taz basically says he'll have Shane Douglas's back until he comes back. Throws up the triple threat, shakes hands with Candido, reluctantly, bam, bam, shakes hands with Taz. Then Sh- uh, Franchise, he shakes hands with Taz, but it was all a ruse. Taz basically takes Franchise down again, puts him in the arm bar. Triple threat. They come in. They start beating down Taz. We have the big pull apart again. This is two weeks again. in a row. Again, we start out with a pull apart with Taz and Bam Bam Bigelow. But how much hotter can you make this feud? This, right. this shit was just amazing. And it's just a, <laughs> another fucking twist and turn that they added to this feud. They, they've been feuding for the last two, three years already, and it still seems like a hot feud that I'm ready to see the next part of. So mm-hmm. definitely an amazing opening segment. What did you think? Oh, oh man. It was... I still remember, because I had watched this on TV. Unfortunately, when it happened, I was already away at college, and I had to stay behind and do some stuff for the summer just to, you know, get my credits together. So I couldn't be in the bingo hall for this one. But when I watched it on TV and Taz pulls the coat off and he's wearing the triple threat shirt, I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. (laughs) 
and, and he talks yeah. all that shit. And when he says, you know, like, I'll watch your back, but when you get back, I want that world title shot. I'm like, all right, man, now you're starting to make a little sense. And then all of a sudden at the end, they're like holding up, you know, they're like holding up hands, throwing up the triple threat and all that. And and then you just get that that judo takedown and the arm bar on Shane and, and Bam Bam kicks him and Taz looks at him. <laughs> <laughs> Too good, man. I swear to God. Oh, I was like, God, this is this is beautiful. And say what you want about Taz, but the man, regardless of how long the feud went, he could keep you interested. Yeah. He came off of a I don't know how many year feud with Sabu and transitioned right into this feud with Shane Douglas. If you go back through those two angles, they probably took four or five years total. I mean, yet, from as long every, as we've been doing the ECW Hardcore TV reviews, I feel like I'm always either talking about Taz and Sabu or Taz and or Shane Taz Douglas. Taz and Shane. Yeah. Because that's that's how it went down. And, and every week, regardless of how long it took, because, you know, there are times, like, like, if you fast forward to today or or recent history, you got like Jungle Boy and Christian. You're like Christian. We just swerve this motherfucker already. We all know it's coming. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and we're just sick of it. Every week, the Taz stepped out of the curtain to get in a ring, cut a promo, do whatever. Whether it was against Sabu or or Shane Douglas, you were locked in on that shit. Every time these two met. Even if it was just back with Taz and Sabu and they're standing in the ring and lights go off and, and, or they're getting ready to fight, lights go out, and that's it. You're like, no, yeah. I need more. <laughs> 100%. They just made it interesting. They they never made it feel boring, especially Taz. Like He was always able to talk yeah. to people into wanting to see the next chapter. Which... He found a way to keep you involved in the story no, no matter how long it took. Yeah. And that gave... Paul and the guys behind the scene a lot of room to play. <laughs> For sure. Because you don't have to just pop off this moment and let this thing hit at a pay-per-view and walk away three months later. You can drag this out and people are going to spend money on it every fucking week. Exactly. No, I, I couldn't agree more with you. And it's just a testament to the athletes involved, honestly. Um, Absolutely. Next on the show, we have highlights. I wish we would have saw the full matchup. I got to mm-hmm. go out and see this full matchup. But we have highlights of a two out of three falls match between, once again, Jerry Lynn and Just Incredible. This time, Just Incredible picks up the victory, but this was a hell of a matchup. Insane spots. That, that, that spot where Jerry Lynn went from the apron trying to go, I guess, diving over the uh, guardrail, but landed ribs first onto the guardrail. That oh. shit made me just, ah. God, that looked nasty. Definitely had to have a broken rib after that one. Mm. But insane matchup. Awesome. I think that the whole show, if I'm not mistaken, they might have. Because this was from, I believe it was called uh, A Matter of Respect 98. So I think the full show may be on the network. But I got to check it out. All I, know I don't know is, with Peacock and that sort of. I know it used to be on the network, but I'm not sure with yeah. Peacock anymore. Some of the contents there, some of it ain't. You know how that goes. Yeah, for sure. But gosh, this matchup was insane. I thought that even from the highlights, I, mm-hmm. I, that should have five star vibes from the highlights. But oh my god, yes. What What did you think? Oh man, like the the ironic part of this is if you really think about it to this point. Okay, Jerry been, Jerry beat him last week. And then he won the first fall. And then Justin won the next two in that match to take it. So at this point, we're tied. Yeah. That's why I continued. <laughs> yep. 
and, and the next chapter. Gotta give it to the ECW fans because as soon as Jerry Lynn hit that guardrail, here come the you fucked up chance. I <laughs> take... liked him or not, he was gonna have to. It didn't that. matter. It didn't matter yeah. to an ECW crowd. If you fucked up, they were gonna tell you, I will take that over any botch mania clip any day. Any day. I know I'm old, forgive me, but like I don't need to see these clips. I need to see this shit happen, and I need to hear a crowd chant, you fucked up. That's what I was raised <laughs> on. <laughs> you give it to them, and then you move on, and you pop for the next spot. That's all you got to do. Thanks. <laughs> but next these we two, see... Oh, go ahead. Oh, just, just incredible. They could have had, like, a best of seven, and I would have been like, all right, when? I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a whole pay-per-view, whatever. I'm buying. Very underrated feud. Very underrated. Um, do you remember... Uh, Right before ECW One Night Stand, like two nights before, Shane Douglas had his own show, the uh, Hardcore Homecoming show. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I was trying to do a way back when review of that show, and it, I, it just never happened. Like, we got to my pick. I picked that. We never did it. If you want to do it here, I was there. If you want to do it here, I would love to. Oh, um, I am so fucking jealous. I mean, I got to go to, to uh, One Night Stand when RVD yeah. won the title, but... I wanted to go to that show so bad. By the time I found out about it, there were no tickets left. It's like, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know how uh, my friend pulled that off, but he was like, "Oh, ECW's having a reunion show." I was like, "Yeah, I know one night stand." He was like, "No, no, it's it's not one night stand. It's ran by Shane Douglas," and he was telling me, mm-hmm. "You got to go." So I was like, "Whoa, what?" And they had the the barbed wire triple threat reunion yeah. between Shane and Sabu and Terry Funk. But oh. if you remember on that show, the I think it was like. Build as triple main event. That was one of them. It was Raven and Sandman. But also one of the main events on that show was Just Incredible versus Jerry Lynn. And that's mm-hmm. 2005. It's years later after this. And that even was a hell of a matchup. So it these really guys just was. had natural chemistry with each other. And I honestly think that for, like I said, everyone wants to talk about Jerry Lynn and Rob Van Dam. Those matches were amazing. But there's a lot more depth in these matches, I feel. There's a lot more... I don't know. It just oh, feels man. like more hatred where Van Damme and Jerry Lynn were trying to outdo each other. And it was like, one up each other. yeah, yeah. This felt like there was a bit of hatred between them. And there was like a chip on both of their shoulders. Especially you know, it, at this it time. felt like they were fighting for one spot. Yeah. It, it, it was yeah. like Paul was in the back. Like you guys are going to keep doing this until I could figure out which one of you takes that spot. And, and they went out and tried to put everything they had into every match because they wanted to claim that spot for themselves. That's a great way to put it, for sure. Um, we see highlights between the feud of Robin Dam and Sabu that dates all the way back to 96, two years at this time. Um, yeah. Their match, at, I believe it was as good as it gets, and then also the Doctor is in their stretcher matchup. Um, and, yeah, it's leading to the main event. You have two teams who currently are teams but don't get along having the opposite as their tag partner. So Landstorm and Rob Van Dam versus Chris Candido and Sabu. And this was a really good matchup. Like I said, Landstorm is very underrated in my eyes. Chris Candido is very underrated in my eyes. Um, But I love the way the match ended. I love the way that Sabu and Van Dam are back on good terms. And they basically said, hey, for the tag titles, we'll team up. And they basically mm-hmm. took out the tag champions. So now, I guess it's all but, you know, it hasn't been announced yet, but it's going to be Van Dam and Sabu versus Candido and Storm. Right. And who would want to see that? Right. <laughs> For sure. And, 
you know, to tie today into way back when, it was so funny when you saw Dom Mysterio do the rolling single leg crab after Raw. Landstorm. Landstorm puts a tweet out there that says, What did you expect? I trained him. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Uh, I didn't even know that like, he said it right now. <laughs> as soon as I saw him do it, I was like, Oh shit, that's how Landstorm used to do it. I didn't but even like, know that Landstorm even had a hand in training him. I, I'm not trying to be disrespectful to other like promotions or feds or whatever the fuck you want to call them, but like Lance Storm and Chris Candido were never better anywhere else than ECW. 100%. Anywhere, because these guys got to be themselves. Yeah. They weren't fitness gurus. They weren't God. trying to bore talk you. About you know, they all this shit. They got to be who Lance Storm and Chris Candido really were. Yeah, and once you saw that, you—if you couldn't get enough of it—I don't know what's wrong with you. Because no, I mean, it, it, Candido going too soon. I know he made his mistakes, and you know he paid for it. And that's a shame. Lance Storm, this guy could have been anybody's champion, any promotion out there. Yeah, never got to that level except here. <laughs> I mean, the closest he was to that after ECW was WCW. They were really pushing him a little bit with the mm. Team Canada thing. And I, m- I remember he had a, a couple matches against Sting on Nitro that was like, oh, is he really about to start getting that next push as like a main eventer since he's going against I, Sting, I do remember, the top guy. But, I do remember he was winning titles and renaming them. Like he won the, the hardcore title and all of a sudden it became like the Saskatchewan hardcore yeah. invitational title. The shit. Yeah. Come on, Vince, don't do Lance yeah. like that. And then he gets the WWE and he's wrestling and Stone Cold is screaming boring. And again, I'm going, Oh, come on, Vince, don't do Lance or when like that. Edge and Christian pants Lance Storm and he had the, like the little tidy whities with the skateboards. Mm. Come on, mm-hmm. not Lance, not um, Lance. You have so many um, different comedy wrestlers. Why do you force comedy on guys who are serious athletes? Like, this guy was in the heart dungeon for fuck's sake. <laughs> I know. It's fucking crazy. But this matchup, thoughts on the matchup? Oh, the match itself was just, it was amazingly chaotic. I love because, it. Because, you know, like, yeah, the teams are, mis- are mixed matched. And, you know, it. they build it as like a dream tag scenario. And I was like, I don't know if I ever dreamed about this, but okay. <laughs> yeah. And... and all of a sudden, at the end, it's just like, nah, fuck these guys. And Rob and, Sam and Sabu finally agree on something that, like, we don't like them. We want our, we want the titles. And they just drop them. And finally, finally, finally got that high that five. High five <laughs> moment between <laughs> RVD and Sabu. I'm like, every time RVD went up for the high five and Sabu went for it, he would just turn around just, and do the thumbs. And, and finally, they high fived. I mean, this is the original, like, Kane and Daniel Bryan hugging it out moment. <laughs> Great way to put it, yeah. Good analogy. I loved it. I absolutely fucking loved it. And I, and I love that even though Sabu and Rob Van Dam were so close, they could be, like, the most bitter of fucking enemies. Because we all know Rob's backstory and how the Sheik trained him and Sabu yeah. helped him and all that. So these guys go back forever. But when they turned on one another they seriously fucking turned it was like you you could not believe because even joey would say like yeah the original she trained both of them and you're like really then why do they fucking hate each other 
<laughs> right? Like it's it's the perfect scenario of the old saying, like best friends, better enemies, because mm-hmm. whether they were teaming or they, you know, went against each other, both were classics. I, I love some of their tag matches. I still to this day, my favorite ECW matchup of all time on just a, like an athletic style matchup was Rob Van Dam and Sabu versus Hayabusa and Jinsei Sasaki from, yes. I believe it's the next pay-per-view, Heat Wave. So yeah. as a team, they put on classics. As rivals, they put on classics. RVD and Sabu, whenever they were against each other, put on amazing matches against each other. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even go back to like RVD and Sabu versus the Eliminators. And holy shit, that match. Those were insane. Oh, nah. And, and then they go fight each other, and you're like, "Oh, oh, calm down, y'all. You you ain't gotta go this far. You two are supposed to be buddy, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, nope, time to kill him. Uh, okay, get get your shit out. I don't know what he did. Maybe he stiffed you on the rental car. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely, but I I really enjoyed going back and watching these two episodes of ECW too, Hardcore man. TV. They they were awesome, and like I said, do it every Wednesday. You're welcome whenever if you want to just talk ECW. Oh, no Come doubt, on. Man. I always love talking ECW, man. It just brings me back to my my young psycho years before everything went wrong, you know. <laughs> as long as we're not talking about the last show, I might show up. <laughs> you don't want to see a psycho cry on camera, do you? <laughs> you know, I was thinking to myself, like this is a little like behind closed doors, but I was thinking to myself after I finish, because eventually I'm gonna finish ECW's right. like thing. Like when we get to 99, we'll have two shows. We'll talk about the TNN show and Hardcore TV because they, re- they were simultaneous. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't the same show as – I know a lot of people think that it was just the same show shown twice, but it wasn't. There was two different shows. Oh, and, um, yeah, so we'll do that. But, I mean, shit, after it's done, I- I'll talk about the one-night stands, but am I supposed to go to ECW on Sci-Fi from there? Because I don't you know really want to do, do that, that reboot because no. you're not going to be happy after, like, two weeks. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. Do I just, like – I? Just stop talking about ECW or, hey, I'll restart it for all the fans who are joining now. <laughs> right. Like, you're going to be – you could try the reboot, but honestly, you're going to be unhappy after, like, two weeks. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, what am I, what am I <laughs> supposed to put in my notes? Kelly Kelly removes top and dance. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Mummy comes out, you know? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> the zombie gets caned and dust comes off of him. <laughs> Ariel looked hot. <laughs> I mean. Zombie but... hot. <laughs> But definitely, it was great. Thank you so much for joining, man. I appreciate you. Let oh, the people anytime. know where to find you. Oh, definitely. Um, well, you can find all our audio podcasts and now our YouTube shows at one place, and that is the Rewind Wrestling Network. I got to do the Ted thing because if not, he'll find me. That's W R E W I N D P O D C A S T. I feel like Jeff Jarrett every time I say it. I want to go. Ain't I great? <laughs> You can find us there. You can find you can find us on social media, on Facebook. We have a group, Top Rope Wrestling Talk. And then, of course, you can also find our podcast stuff on the Rewind Wrestling Network Facebook page. Search for those, like one, invite yourself to the other. Both are a great time with a ton of content. You can find us on Twitter at Top Rope WT, where you, can, where you will see stuff from us, guys like Mike, the League of Extraordinary Podcasts, the whole nine... And then, of course, you can find us on the PWI award-winning and League of Extraordinary Podcast award-winning worst Instagram handle ever. 
And that is at top underscore rope. Get a drink. This is going to take a while. Underscore wrestling. I'm not done. Underscore talk. <laughs> but come find us. Come follow us. Come subscribe to us. And come see us Friday night around 8-ish. We'll be talking about you know everything from maybe the PWI list that came out today. Some of the stuff that happened with WWE, some of the stuff that happened on Dynamite, which I'm about to watch. I can't believe I'm missing Grand Slam, but this is worth it. Grand Slam is actually next week. Is it next week? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought one of my one of one of the guys from my Facebook group mentioned Grand Slam. I was like, is that tonight? I was gonna say <laughs> if Grand Slam is tonight, then yeah, I, I missed something. If Grand Slam is tonight, it should have been a live watch along. Like, yeah, ECW was great. We're gonna watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, no, I think uh, you're right. I think it is next week because they're going to have the the title tournament yeah. finals. Okay, okay, I stand corrected. Damn you, Facebook group! <laughs> but come no, anyway. We're cool. Since since uh, yeah, definitely subscribe to Top Rope Wrestling Talk. Like I said in the beginning of the show, one of my favorite podcasts, if not my favorite podcast, to listen to. I'm there every Friday. Honestly, like I'm so happy that you guys are. You know continuing to grow and i'm a huge fan i'm always going to be a huge fan and thank you so much for all you do and all the support that you give me and just oh, yeah, being my no homie. anytime man you know i love this show you know i love ivan and all the guys from circle of debate like definitely- if i'm free I- i'm trying to come on whenever just like let me in <laughs> <laughs> well definitely like i said you're you're always you're always welcome to hop on whenever you want to come on um Absolutely. everybody check out Top Rope Wrestling Talk, subscribe, subscribe to uh, Rewind Wrestling Network. Um, also, f- don't forget to subscribe to this channel, the right. Circle Debate channel, where we go live with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and Circle of Debate tonight with the MMA show on Wednesdays. Thursday, mm-hmm. we got the flagship show, and Fridays, we have the top five show. A lot of content. Hit Honestly, my button. man. My man Ivan El Jefe, he the boss of all bosses, the Triple H of Degeneration West. He has the busiest YouTube channel I know, <laughs> and I'm yeah, here for we, all of it. <laughs> we we drop a it. lot of content, so definitely hit that subscribe button. Um, yeah, you know, next Wednesday we're going to have episode 250 is going to be a big episode, and we have a big surprise for wow. you for episode 250. So definitely make sure you hit that subscribe button and stay tuned. I love you guys. Once again, Dom, thanks for joining. I appreciate you. And yeah, check us out on Friday, Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, and check out Top Rope Wrestling Talk on Friday at 8 o'clock Eastern. Peace out, y'all. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Expressing your love can look many different ways. And with the right jewelry gift from Blue Nile, it can truly sparkle. Blue Nile's collection of classic diamond jewelry makes for the kind of gift that speaks volumes without saying a single word. Or switch things up with a sapphire piece sure to spark conversation. 
Either way, Blue Nile's diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Express yourself with Blue Nile, the original online jeweler, at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.